my dad who was the Southern Baptist associate pastor when I was growing up. And I remember him sitting down and telling me like there was a hierarchy of curse words. I could not say crap, but I could say crud. <laughs> I could say golly, but I couldn't say gosh. I couldn't say gah because then that was like God. You couldn't say gah. Okay. No, because then you just put a D on it and you've taken the Lord's name in vain. For those willing to listen, learn, and have eyes to see and ears to hear, this is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? Challenging the mindset of right-wing Christianity and encouraging people to have their minds renewed and hearts transformed. What knucklehead, mush for brains, evangelical leaders are trying to, uh, to overthrow Trump. It's a special kind of dumb and calling yourself a Christian. Let's have better conversations about the life modeled in the Bible so we can truly tell the world God is not mad at you. This is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at npepodcast.com. Good morning, everyone. It's Saturday. It is morning where we live. It may not be morning where you live. So um, happy early Saturday. Um, And we're excited to be on once again, hanging out with you guys. Paul just did an hour of Bible talk this morning, TOK, for you TikTokers out there. And your topic this morning was Matthew chapter... Chapter 5 and how Jesus spoke against the, the puritanical rules of the day. You know what? It, and that's really timely. It was very timely. Yes, Sorry, it was. I'm going to have to figure out how to drink my coffee and, and, <laughs> and have your microphone at the same time. And not spill it down my chest. But, and, um, and this is, did I introduce Pudgy already? There this he is. Pudgy. There he is. There's our buddy. So when we go through our weeks that happened, um, you will hear a little bit about this guy. So he was, he was a very prominent figure at my week. Yes, he was. Um, Elaine says she's doing pretty doggone good, by the way. Okay. Uh, I get what you did there. Aww. Hanging in Fresno, she says. She's, she's oh, in Fresno today. Well, it's always good to have Elaine in her hometown. You can feel it. She feels a little bit happier in town when she's here. So we we started like, well, we don't have much to talk about today. And then we started talking about topics. And then all of a sudden, in our weeks, the WTH, like the week overall and like the global week. And it's actually has been quite a week. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking about going to a protest tomorrow. Okay, well, maybe that we'll save that for the end of the because that's like that's like officially next week. So maybe we'll do the week that happened and then what's the week coming up? Okay. Yeah. All right. Somebody says good morning. Yeah, let us know where you're joining from. And yes, Pudgy is adorable in the moments where he's not being a bad dog. Yes. Yeah. Good morning, you guys. And um, let us know where you are logging in from. We love to just be inspired by the places you live. And yes, yeah. we think place is inspiring. We, we do. Are, we are very place-based people. We love cities. We love community. And um, we just like, I don't know, we approach our faith through like a place-based lens, you know? Yes. So that's why we get so excited to see where you guys are tuning in from. Serotonin, somebody is saying, can you talk about toxic Christian teachings? that promote misogyny and yeah. racism and, and talk about it in context of Atlanta. Well, that's exactly, you read Paul's mind because that's exactly what we- Or read. my blog or watched my video oh, this that's week. that's true. <laughs> I forget that everything in your mind actually comes out your mouth like multiple times during the week. Although not high central Wisconsin and Austin, Texas, which is one of the coolest towns anywhere. Um, not so much this week because I, I jumped off TikTok this oh, week. I'm true. trying to reboot the algorithm. It's not working so far. It's crazy. Well, maybe you need to be off for longer, but I don't mm-hmm. know how you're going to take that because part of it, I feel like you are like a fish that you have to, you know, how a fish has to keep moving through water to get oxygen. Is that, isn't that, that a shark? A shark. Shark. So as a shark, is it not true for fish? No. It's just a shark. I think it's also whatever. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so it's, it's a shark. Other fish, they get they get the oxygen through their gills. Well, sharks have gills, isn't that what's but, going on? But sharks have to keep moving to get the water okay, to move fine. through their gills. We'll uh, with- fish, you know, you see, they do that thing with their gills like this. That's them 
sucking in water. Sharks can't do that. They have to move to get the water. Okay. So we'll go with shark. So as a shark needs to move through water to live, Paul (laughs) needs to talk. Paul needs to express. Like if he doesn't have that cycle of like what, what comes out and then he like releases it and then more creative thought and insightful. And like, so I don't know, I, you might explode if you are off TikTok for more days than you have been, but I guess you have no choice. I don't think I can let them get away with what they're doing to the account. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. We're still upset about that. I know. I keep wondering if it's, if it's the place to be like green acres is the place to be. Well, we need help. I mean, and nobody seems to be able to crack this code is the interesting thing. Yeah. Um, And by the way, in case you're just logging on, you're like, what are they talking about? Paul, old pastor Paul on TikTok, his account has just been like, I don't, I don't even think it's shadow banned. I think it's like blacked out. Um, and so yeah, you can't even call it a shadow ban no, at this point. No, no, no. It's, it is in my, ultimately, I think TikTok wants to be the pop culture place, the place where celebrities post like fun, unusual videos. I don't, I don't think they're inviting. I don't think they value the more pointed societal conversations that you like to have on TikTok. So I think they don't like you. Maybe, uh, I do have somebody saying they see my videos, but just let me tell you, I, I can, you know, I just did my Bible talk this morning. At the end, it tells you how many people see your lives. So I had 237 people see my live this morning, five weeks ago. And before every Bible talk would have 800, 900 to a thousand yeah. views. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm getting 200 and, and thrilled with that. And, and the videos, and even if you compare my page to like pastor Jeremy, that pastor from Oklahoma or April, my evangelical friends, you know, they're getting 7,000, 10,000, 60,000 views on, on any three videos. And, and I'm getting 150, 230 and, okay. and then a thousand. I'm going to interrupt you because I love this comment from Brittany. Um, can't read that from here, but it says, maybe if you did your videos while dancing, they show up more <laughs> for real. Like if you could be like ripping on the, um, evangelical church and being like, while I'm, I'm dancing, dancing um, we should try that let's do while that duetting with Charlie D'Amelio. Yeah. Let's do that this week. And we'll see. I, uh, you know, somebody sent me a, a clergy dance a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, not quite there yet. I think I need to stay in my lane. Yeah. I think I should stay in my well, lane. Well, and you keep threatening to videotape me when I'm not watching and put it on TikTok. And so I have definitely restrained. I I am always thinking like, I can't do anything weird right now. Paul is going to videotape it. <laughs> <laughs> yet I never have. Never have. All right. Anyway. Um, so whatever you can do to help share this video. Uh, follow my page, all that stuff. Yep. I, most, I'm assuming most of you here already are followers because that's because people who aren't following can't yeah. find my videos yeah. anymore. Well, so. And so thank you for following Paul. And thank yeah. you for, it's so encouraging to it hear is. your comments and to get your questions. And, you know, it just, I think it makes us feel like we're not alone. And I know there's this now, now I know, thanks to all of you and, and many others, that there's just this, we're in this season of almost feel like not saying it deconstruction reconstruction. Cause I feel like that's now almost becoming a little bit trite, but even five weeks ago, I didn't even know those words as they related to the American Christian evangelical experience. Yeah. And um, so I'm telling you what we'll look back on this time in life and this season. And I'm hoping that we get through it in a way that um, that something just fundamentally different and better and more authentic to who God is. And I'm, I'm up for like learning. Like I don't, I don't even think we've begun to scratch the surface of God's authentic, powerful, non-judgmental, non-shaming, non-white church love for us. I don't even think we know a, a, a small portion of it. So let's say our goal is to get through this time of radical disruption and land in a completely different place, yeah. better place. Yeah, that's a good word. That's a good word. Um, I see here j- just another Jamie says, you guys are my pastors right now. I'm excited to be here and to learn and heal today. Well, welcome. That's awesome. And, I, and I, I've had some of these discussions recently with people, and I kind of want to change the definition of that, that term pastor a little bit, because pastor used to mean like the guy on the stage giving the sermon who would then come over to your home for lunch 
you know, every Wait, couple of months and have meatloaf. Burned you know? brisket or pot roast yeah. and mushy carrots that your mom cooked all morning while you were at like six hours of Sunday school and church. And, and he was the guy that would tell you how to read the Bible and what to think about it. And I think that my job is to point you to God, to the, the God that is the God you see as the spiritual being that is bigger than the universe. And I would, I would say the creator of the universe or point you to heaven and connect your spirit to that and connect my, you know, our spirits to each other. And then we're meeting the the requirements of Jesus, which was love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And then we'll work the rest of it out together. By the way, in case you can't tell, there's a dog on my lap. I'm not just like stroking my own leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pudgy's down here. Uh, and then I shall call you teacher, Paul. Uh, that's okay, too. Uh, well, and we still go with pastor because it's something that people, people recognize and with, understand. And, yeah. But I think just full disclosure, we're trying to understand, as Paul just said, like what 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 needs to change about that title and that role in uh, our lives? Spiritual facilitator uh, is said there by SF for short. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. Yeah. I like that. All right. Spiritual facilitator. That's what I like. And because we do the Sunday gathering and people are like, are you this? Do we need to have this statement of faith? Do we need to know what we believe? And I, I'm just like, man, the second we start doing that. You're just blocking people out. We, we're, we're just setting up an us. You're, are we us or them? And, yeah. and so the second you say, okay, well, we all agree on these three things. Then people are like, well, yeah, but what about four, five and six? Because yeah. I think those are important and right. and it just becomes a, a real grotesque thing. Yep. So on YouTube, we have Ray and uh, Elaine having a conversation. Apparently, they know each other. And uh, so, hi, Ray and Elaine are both good friends of ours over on YouTube. I'm and sorry, I, I have to look at the computer. So I'm yeah. looking away from you guys. And to I'm look glad at. they're connecting because I didn't, I didn't put it together. They're but both yeah, great Elaine people. Elaine yeah. and Ray worked in Fresno County Probation together years ago. So... All right. So what are we talking about this week? All right. So let's go with the week that happened, which has been the original construct of our We should Saturday mention that people gatherings. can put questions down in the question box and okay. we'll, we'll try to get to those That's later. That's a little bit easier in case, in case we don't see, you know, uh, as you're putting comments in, like sometimes we don't see the full um, scroll. Because they just so keep scrolling they keep up as they get at so it. So yeah, yeah, if you put in the Q&A, we, then we just have to remember to check the box. We will. And look for it. Anyway. Because it'll um, pop up with a little dot to show us so, there's a question. So there. the reason why we get together on Saturday mornings is we like to just kind of debrief the week, yep. both personal, professional, societal. Um, <laughs> I still am freaked out about how much taller I look than you today because of the church. I'm enjoying it. For those of you just logging on. I, I feel like a giant. You missed the whole conversation about um, how Paul is at least an inch and a half shorter today than he was when we met 26 years ago. And so he's wigging out because his chair is taller. And I'm like, yeah, this is how it used to be. We used to be like this. And now we're go down. Now we're like right the same height. That's about how we are now. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so we we don't always get to our plan for the morning, but let's try to do it this week. Sometimes so, we just ramble. The week that happened, Paul Swearingen, go. Um, what am I supposed to do? Well, say say your reflections on the week. So the big thing for me this week was the shootings in Georgia. And my and and then my perspective, I sort of tied that in with the Cardi B, Megan the Stallion performance at the Grammys, which I haven't actually seen. I've just seen the pictures people have posted on social media. And I don't even know why I'm saying that. But but yeah, I know Christians were losing their minds over Cardi B and Megan the Stallion and then not really paying that much attention to the shooter in Georgia, who happened to be a guy who had played in the worship band in his Baptist church. Did you know I did not know that? You didn't know that till no, just now? No. Oh, yeah. Gosh darn it. I, I had a feeling, though. I had well, a feeling. as soon as I heard there was a, a mass shooting I in Georgia. white guy, Christian, or like religious zealot. With I, three I, names. I don't know why they always have three names. I mean, I don't know if that's just the media giving their middle name to, but, but yeah, it always seems to be three names. But anyway, I, I'm just like, I guarantee you it's a white Christian and that doesn't preclude their, their, you know, somebody corrected me the other day and the, the shooting at the Orlando uh, discotheque was a Muslim man, but in, in our evangelicalish podcast on Wednesday, 
um, April pointed, made a really salient point, and she said, if this were an Islamic man shooting up these spas, all of the talk would be about Islamic radicalism and how how Islam radicalizes its people. And so I've been talking a lot this week about, so we were talking about Christian nationalism a few weeks ago, and how much does Christian slash evangelical teaching radicalize people? And I know this is tough for my Christian friends to hear, and immediately what I hear is like, oh, none of us endorse that. That's not the point. The point is, here's a young man who is now saying, according to reports, and again, this could change as it goes along, and I'm open to change that, but he said that um, he was a, had a sex addiction, which is an evangelical term for sure, and that he saw these women as temptation, that he had, apparently the stories are he, he had been, been to these spas before, and he saw these uh, Asian women as temptation and felt they were doing something evil. This then I'm adding to that, but what he said was they were temptation, and that's yeah. what compelled him yeah. to do it. And yeah. so I think we have a shame-based philosophy around sexuality in the church that just makes sexuality weird, and and it can lead to in an extreme for a person that's really battling the shame of this. Some end up killing themselves, you know, if they feel that maybe their gender identity isn't matching their birth identity. And we put shame on them and say, if you come out and start living as a woman, when you were born male, God's going to send you to hell, or you're going to be shamed by your community, and it leads to suicide for some. And others, it could lead to this idea of like, okay, I need to eliminate these temptresses, so that somehow I can take care of the shame in my head. And again, that story may turn out to be different, but I don't think it changes the point that it's time for evangelicalism to say our shame-based teaching around purity culture right. and all of this isn't working. And in fact, it has really traumatic negative impacts. And we're seeing the extreme of that this week. And you're, you're getting a lot of comments in the chat uh, affirming that. Um, and, you know, it looks like from people who grew up in that, like, you know, we're, we're products of the evangelical church from the eighties, like we're Gen Xers. I'm on the average age of Gen X. He's on the older side. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I'm actually not kidding. How many That's different true. things can you take at me today? I know I'm just having fun <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, but yeah, like when I think about my experience in that world, I mean, that's, that was like probably the single greatest way like dividing line right like in church youth group or like church camp or whatever like the dividing line was around sexual purity and it was it was the worst thing that you could possibly do was to be inappropriate or impure um as it related to sexuality as a as a high school student or whatever i mean it was like i and, and then i grew up in the south well we both did grow up in the south and like especially for girls, like the whole thing about like, you don't want to be thought of that way. And you know, your reputation and la 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 la, like, that was very, very intense. Yeah. And just assumed like, honestly, like, like, that's just the way it was, you know, so it's easy. It's easy to it, I think like, as I've been listening to so much news about this um, event this week, obviously, the national news isn't going to pick up on this thread. But like, I don't know, every, everybody who's looking at this circumstance through the lens of the church is like, of course, we know the, the, the levers or the, the, the influencers on this guy's mind, you know, we all observed it. Well, and I, I, I don't think Christians are making that connection. We, we very easily go to radicalized Islam. And in fact, we sort of see all Muslims as radicalized because evangelicalism believes they're worshiping a demon. Um, I'm starting to think that may not be true. Um, Real quick, somebody asked how to share this live. There's an arrow in the bottom right hand uh, corner of the screen. You just click that arrow. And thanks for the thought. Like, go yeah. ahead and all y'all share this, please. As you call it, the sharrow. I do call it the sharrow. I'm waiting for that um, word to catch on. And let me say, I'm, I'm being facetious when I say I'm starting to believe that they're not worshiping a demon. Um, I think we're all trying to get to God, you know, we're, and and I'm 
sort of in a place where I think all religion is bad. I don't think the Christian story is that Jesus came to earth to start the Christian religion. I think the story of Jesus is like, all y'all get to go straight into the throne room of heaven and talk to God. Somebody says, I don't have a Cheryl. You know, it, you may need to follow me to be able to share it. It could okay. be that you're not following my page. And so you can't share. Well, that's a good thing to do. Check as that well, out. So if you can follow, that would be great. Uh, Ruby, is that Ubi says cute quote, Cheryl. Oh, there you go. Eel, you figured it out. You shared the live. So good. Yeah. So I think we're, we don't make the tie between Christian teaching and radicalized people because we believe this is what Jesus came to teach. But I was teaching through Matthew 5 today. And what when Jesus is saying, you've heard it said, but I say, what he is constantly saying is, here's the rule. You're saying this rule is the standard to get God's favor. Well, I'm telling you the standard is way up there if it's your actions make you good enough to go to God. And so here's the deal. Let's trash the rules altogether. And you just get in relationship with the creator of the universe and in relationship with each other and work it through rather than having a, a list of rules and do's and don'ts, because Romans tells us the rules actually create sin. They aren't the answer to sin. So you can look at Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, and we can start to argue whether that is appropriate or not. In one way, I would say, if you're saying it's not appropriate, I would say it's the response to the, the crazy puritanical teaching of the church. Well, screw it. Okay. If I'm immodest, then I'm really going to yeah. be immodest. I'm going to go to the far end of it. Well, and I mean, that was your experience personally. Yeah. I mean, growing yeah. up, you know, if you, if you are told over and over and over and over again, that you you're are bad, you're bad. You are a sinner. I mean, God's grace might be, might, might be big enough, but you know, but you're so bad. His grace might not be big enough to cover your sin. And like every second is a go, no go on heaven or hell. You know, you, you hear that long enough, then you're just like, screw it. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm doomed. I am destined for hell. I'm going to go there with, yeah. you know, bells on. And some of it can be like, we've created such a stigma around sexuality that it, again, it promotes this unhealthy look at sexuality. And finally, partly of what I say, I, I was talking this week about Madonna and the like a virgin wearing the wedding dress, crawling around on the stage at the MTV video music awards in, I think it was 1984. And, you know, that was the end of culture that, as we knew that it. That was a stunning performance. That was a, that was an <laughs> iconic moment. I mean, but everybody in the church focus on the family, all the Christian radio I listened to at the time was like, this is the end of the world as we know it. You know, this well, is it. And you know what? Isn't that when Dana Carvey created um, Church Lady? Like that's the same. Well, I think that was in the 90s, wasn't it? We were married Maybe. when Church Lady was around. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But anyway, it, Church Lady is in response yeah. to. Yeah. But so the, the last point on this is art is supposed to create discomfort. Art is supposed to make us look at things in our lives and say, are we okay with where things are? And so sometimes we we want to jump up and rail and say, oh, it's this, but maybe, and and I think Madonna was really doing that because she wanted to promote her music right, and she, she was using her sexuality work. to promote, yeah. promote herself. But also I think it did cause us to look at how we look at these things. And if we ever had a healthy view of this, instead of just losing our mind saying, that's bad, that's bad, Shakira and J-Lo at halftime of the Super Bowl, that's bad, that's bad, our children are in danger. And instead say, how do we have a healthy view of this? How do we see that Shakira comes from a non-American culture? And for her, it's not sexuality, it's just dancing and celebrating life and start to say, maybe all that's good in the world isn't white Christian American evangelicalism. Maybe God has a broader view of people and we can start, we need to change us rather than trying to change others. Um, <clears throat> so I want to go watch that performance. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen Wait, it either. Let's but do that together today. Okay. <laughs> okay. That'll be our fun. We, we may day. blush a little bit. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> no, we, we are old people. I don't know. That sounds like fun. I, uh, but I, I mean, music today and, and every generation has said that the music of the next generation is the worst thing that ever happened to the world. And so there is a lot of sexuality. There's 
you cannot hear a song without an F-bomb being dropped in it anymore. And so the Christian way is like, oh, see, the world is just going to hell in a handbasket. The Bible told us it was going to be so. But it it generally is just, this is the evolution of culture. This is how musicians are creating discomfort for discussion. And actually, that's what art is supposed to do. And it's why it's yes. so important in yes, a culture. Yes, yes. Yes. And why Christians often want to shut down art or create, sorry, or create our own art so that we can be kept from that discomfort and having those uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. I was talking about that in Bible talk today, that words like morality and modesty, those are cultural terms. Uh, we, we have chosen, you know, <laughs> We've chosen shit to be a bad word. It is not inherently a bad word. But crap isn't. Do you guys want to? Okay. This is a fun little um, trip down memory lane. So my dad, who is still alive and doing well, he's a young 70 something man. But anyway, he was a Southern Baptist associate pastor when I was growing up. And I remember him sitting down and telling me like there was a hierarchy of curse words. And so, um, so I could, I could not say crap, but I could say crud. <laughs> I mean, crap was like crud plus and leaning to what's the difference between crud and crap Crap was more aggressive and close to saying shit. And you absolutely could not say shit. Yeah. Um, so I could say crud. I could say, I could say gosh, but I couldn't say, no, no, pardon me. I couldn't say gall. I could say golly, but I couldn't say gosh. I couldn't say gah because then that was like, God, you couldn't say gah. Okay, no, because then you just put a D on it and you've taken the Lord's name in vain. Um, yeah, we couldn't say gosh. Bless his heart. Like he, I mean, he just was trying to be a good dad and just like trying to keep it from going to hell. And 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 it um looking back on it, it was like you would experience like the the wrath and the judgment of people in the church if your kids weren't, you know, living up to what the expectation and the standard was. And that he was just teaching me the cultural rules of the road, but I took it as like the sin code on language. Yeah. I mean, it was the sin code on language. And it's, and it's cultural. I mean, it's even things like when we say traditional family, we're, we're saying the white American mom, dad, two kids, white picket fence is the ideal cultural reference point. And other cultures would say, you're nuts. You're nuts if you don't have grandparents living in the house to give their wisdom. You're, you're nuts if you're not having your kids running from one house to the next to the next and everybody being in charge of everybody. You're missing out on culture in oh, your, on white, your, your white picket fence, traditional family stuff. So I, can, I, I think as a parent, you can say to your kids, we, this is not us when looking at Madonna or Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. You, you can make those choices together in, in your household, but it's when we start condemning and bringing shame around people and saying, we have all, we know everything that is right and, and we'll tell you what is wrong, is when we start getting into a place where we're building a shame-based shame atmosphere that leads to very bad things. And I think we, when we see so many Christian leaders like Ravi Zacharias having these really wild views of sexuality where Ravi Zacharias was abusing women and telling them they were lucky to be able to do that with him so that he could continue his ministry well, something is wrong in the mix. And yes, you could say he's a one-off and, and uh, that's just the way it is. But I think we need to start to say, hey, there's a, there's a pattern occurring here. And as we're talking about radicalized Islam, we need to start talking about radicalized Christianity I have as well. A, a dear friend who always says this um, saying, the bigger the front, the bigger the back. And I'm always like, what, what does that mean? I know. I said, what are you talking about? And her thing is like, the more someone is putting on airs or a show of like, I'm thinking of like Ravi Zacharias, like, you know, the, the bigger the presentation of the like, this is who I am and la la la, it's it's to cover up. What's going ah, on the, the bigger the, the bigger the front, the bigger the back. <laughs> well, okay. The other thing I want to say is Elaine says on YouTube that um, she says I'm older than you both. I had my back brace on trying the moves. But and the Cardi B moves. 
I don't, probably, probably, <laughs> but it reminds me of um, the scene in 16 Candles when Joan Cusack has oh, her track race on goodness. and she's trying to get a drink of water from the water fountain. She's like, that's another then, one of those movies that we couldn't watch oh, today. And, and then today. like she pulls a little uh, skirt up from the little girl on her sweatshirt and like wipes her mouth. Oh. I know that our audience knows that scene well, because like well, again, those another, old enough to remember another, 16 okay, Candles. Fine. And if you haven't seen 16 Candles, put it on your watch list this weekend. This is just a fun turn it on in the background while you're doing it. But today you almost have to say, and there is a really oh yeah that's bad like sexual assault scene like in it yes that's but terrible also, that was the 80s like people don't yeah. realize like that like the like like unbelievable intense drinking and um sexuality that was going on in that decade i think it, it was a response to the you know sort of the puritanical weird thing going on in the church i mean when i um well this is going down a different different track but when i was listening to the brett kavanaugh hearings and hearing about the like total like drunk fest parties that were going on in this high school scene i was like of course they were that is absolutely that was the culture yeah and when i think about like you know our generation wants to criticize condemn the next like our kids um they have not grown up in a prude family by any stretch and like there, there haven't been like beer bashes. They don't go on like drunk. No. I mean, we, when I was in junior high, we were getting drunk off our parents' alcohol and like sneaking their keys from their cars and driving their cars out of the garage and like around town. This yeah. is in a small town in Northwest Arkansas, but that was like that kind of crazy rager type of attitude was a response to what we were being taught in youth group. I think, you know? and I think you make a really good point there. I think we have, in some ways we're like, were we too easy on our kids, but our kids don't have the same response, I think, to alcohol and sexuality that, that we had underneath that intense scrutiny of, yeah. can you say gosh or, or God and not be cursing? Okay. By the way, another thing somebody said, about 16 candles and you're absolutely right is there is a an asian character that is yep, stereo, um, very that, stereotype that horrible stereotype mm -hmm. of, of asian people so 16 candles is a movie we grew up loving but it's one of those that you look back and when you're watching it with your kids you're cringing going yep. and also it look you know what that's a great point the other one um Oh, Pretty in Pink. Oh, actually both 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink. I was watching those because it's COVID and we're still. But I don't think Pretty in Pink really doesn't have any. No, but what I was going to say yeah. is um, it's all white people, except, oh, that's in, true. except in 16 Candles, the one Asian person who is. Is a horrible stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. But it is. That's right. It's all white kids. That was, anyway, that all right, was listen, you guys, we've just been going on. It I is, know, we're, um, we're not getting anywhere. But this is like, we've already been on for like, <laughs> I don't know, 50 minutes. Well, we what, we got on about 1040, probably about 1040. 1040. Anyway, so in case you were wondering, uh, this is old Pastor Paul on TikTok, pastor-paul.com online. You can find a whole bunch of cool podcasts if you go to that website. Um, you can sign up on Patreon to support what he's doing day in, day out, get access to more content. His book is out on audio or he's recording it section at a time. And that's we'll be recording today. So those of you who sign up on Patreon and my name is Ashley, we've been married 26 years. Um, Back when I was taller than her. It's true. Uh, and, <laughs> and I serve in local government. I have served in local government, community and economic development in central California, both of us pastors, kids, and both of us, um, you know, just kind of shedding that skin of the first 40 plus years of our lives. And I say post-evangelical, that's the yeah, term I, think that's I a use good for phrase. it. And last week, someone said a 21st century, 21st Christian, century Christianity, yeah, which I like is that super too. cool too, yeah. to think about like, where is God taking us? We are up for the adventure because um, we know if it's from him, it's good. And when I say him, that's because I connect with God, God and yeah. love, but it doesn't have to be him. And like, but anyway, um, in the bottom line is all of what Pastor Paul does on TikTok and other social media outlets and content that he writes, et cetera, is he's just trying to connect people to a God who loves them and do everything possible, throw his own body on the line to block and tackle those who would try to express God differently and put up roadblocks for people accessing the authentic love of God. So Very that's good. So I want to point out, so Butterfly Poo. Say what? Butterfly Poo. Interesting. Um, 
says, so she's asking if we're going to post a section of the book this week. And the answer to that is yes. But I also, she also said back here, uh, where did it go? I, I can't find it, but uh, something about, and so by the way, Butterfly Poo is my friend, Jill, and Jill's going to be in my next coaching cohort. So right. yay, Jill, we're glad to well, see you today. I would love to know why her handle is Butterfly Poo. Is <laughs> She said it's her gamer handle, but uh, I don't okay. know. Okay. But her comment was that that maybe it's important for us to see those his, historical stereotypes so we understand where we were and and where we're going. So and now she says hi. But yes, that's my friend Jill. And uh, yeah, just a quick commercial. I do coaching cohorts. We've got a new one starting in uh, April and it's my emotional well-being coaching and it's really cool. I have a great cohort going on right now and seeing incredible stuff happen in people's lives. Um, so if you've been thinking, or maybe you haven't been thinking, but like, wow, I, I've been thinking I need to work a little bit on my emotional health. I'm really good at it. So send me a DM and I'll tell you more about it. I, I can attest to that. I think I was your first client. <laughs> well, I think I was my first client, oh, but I don't know, you were my maybe. second client or we were going through it at the same time. Yeah. I've been the petri dish in, for 26 years. So here's a question from Vanessa Sky 8. You guys don't think religion has done more harm than good throughout history. So last week you were talking about what good has come out of our religious history in our life. Yeah. Well, then I think I would just kind of go, well, okay, but what, the good stuff, was that even religion? I mean, I, you know, um, that's probably a hair that's not worth splitting. I think that, yes, I, I, I mean, our message is religion is bad. That is actually the crux of our message. I think that was the crux of Jesus' message, that Jesus was like, religion's got to go because it's oppressive and puts oppression on people. And I've come to bring grace that God wants, you know, he, it literally says God wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Now, again, excuse our using patriarchal terms, but that's our lineage of God. We We allow you to have your view of God. But God's goal is to pour out the spirit of heaven on everybody. And so that crosses religions. So I think, I think we would agree religion in its extreme form is damaging all religions, including Christianity. That's what we're talking about. And today. that's, I think that's kind of a, a revelation for me. Um, and just as white people, I was gonna say white Americans, but it's probably beyond just our country, but like, I'll speak for myself, having been raised in a post civil rights era in the US, you know, born in the 70s, raised in the 80s, um, and never, ever, ever, ever heard my parents talk about race. Um, I grew up thinking, like, I don't have a race, you know, like race meant people who were non-white. <clears throat> and then realizing like, no, actually white is a race. Caucasian is a race. There is, there are cultural things about, you know, like all of that learning that's been just really thrust to the forefront in this season, which is amazing. I could say the same thing about Christianity, you know, like, um, like we have been taught to believe that if you were in a Christian church, you were not a part of a religion but the last four or five years have really, really made it clear. Oh no, you are a part of a religion. If you're not real, real careful. And most churches have, have just kind of fallen in line with being a religion, even though we, I mean, my, I, I it, we always my say it. We're, my, we're a relationship, we're not, we're not a religion, religion. We're, but here are all the, rules. but here are the rules you have to follow. Um, so, so asking people to walk away from their religion when they're professing Jesus Christ, like is it's a really hard message for yeah. Christians to hear. And yet that's what you're saying. I think there's no question. Oh, we lost the light, but we're okay. Um, American evangelicalism has become very much about, yes, it's grace, but you can't be gay and you can't be pro-life. I mean, yeah. you can't be pro-choice. You can't even be Democrat in many circles. So once you start making this exclusive club, you are a religion at that point. You're, you're now a religious thought. And, and maybe humans are always going to go to that place. But I think our message is like, no, get out of all religions. 
um, and and connect to God. Now, I say that in terms of, of being what I would say as a Christian pastor, because I believe the story of Christ is an incredible story about God's interaction with humanity. And so I, I, and I still believe the Bible, even though I look at it differently than I used to look at it, is the best story that I've encountered for how God does that interaction and how to live that out. And Jesus is an incredible model for us to follow of that life. Now, I think we've abused Paul's writings and some of the other writings of the New Testament to create this sort of twisted religious belief. So, I, But we're not saying throw out Christianity, throw out the Bible, ban churches, any of that stuff. We're just saying, hey, guys, let's start to think about the fact that we're, we're just saying, hey, religion bad, religion bad. Well, then let's look and say, well, have we become one? Right. And does that mean it's time to look differently? At and the I world? think like the test for me is um, if, you know, if, if someone challenges me to say, and ch- if someone challenges me with like, Hey, what, you know, um, what would you be willing to give up to, to, uh, of your tradition? What of your tradition would you be willing to let, to set down in exchange for more authentic and deeper connection with with God. And if the answer is nothing, I will set down nothing because I experienced, I believe that, you know, exactly the way my evangelical church um, worships God is the only way, or, you know, like all that kind of stuff, then it helps reveal in my heart that like, oh, I've grabbed onto some stuff that is more important to me than uh, just the authentic pursuit of God, you know? I use the word authentic a lot. I'm realizing, That's but, a good I, word. but I mean that to say, just what are you willing to surrender? You know, like what if, what if God showed up and said, Hey, I'm here. And it turns out I'm not exactly about all the things you think I am. Would you argue? Would you argue with that? Yeah. Well, I was talking about that on one of my lives the other night of Peter the story of there's a story in the Bible of Peter having this vision of these unclean animals uh, by his Jewish religion. They couldn't eat shrimp or lobster or, or certain other animals, pork and all of those things. And in this vision, Jesus comes to Peter and says, I want you to eat these animals. And Peter says, hell no, I'll never do that because I'm a, I'm a good adherent to my religious beliefs. And, and Jesus says to him, now, if I'm asking you to not call that food unclean, you don't get to call it unclean. And oh, by the way, those Roman people that you also, shoot, that's the second time I've hit that, sorry. Those Roman people that you call unclean, I'm calling them clean. And even though you have scripture that you can point to that says, I am never to go into the house of a Roman, I, God, am telling you to go into the house of the Roman. And I think in this season, that's what's happened for us a little bit is God has challenged our beliefs and say, yes, I understand what your traditional biblical teaching has taught you growing up, but what if I'm asking you to change those beliefs? And I even had somebody challenging me on Facebook today about, um, well, you guys were anti-gay marriage in the past. And I'm like, yeah, we've been on a journey because we were taught and it was heavily ingrained to us. And it's and it's taken some apology and some humility to say, yeah, that that's where we were and we're sorry. And now we're in a new day where God has challenged us to humbly lay some of those things down. And sometimes that does require some repentance. That means we have to go say to people like, hey, sorry, we were there. And, um, you know, I would have not officiated a gay marriage because I would have thought I was violating the Bible, even though in my heart I've never held that gay people are going to hell. Um, so yeah, we get to evolve and learn and grow in the midst of all of this at the same time. And that's the challenge we're trying to bring to the feet of evangelicals out there and say, even if you don't believe you're missing it because you think you're following the Bible as it's been interpreted to you, would you consider that maybe God would say something different in the season? Um, well, it's 1130 our time. Okay. I wonder, I wonder if we're 
landing the plane right now. Maybe so. Do we want to just pray and bless I people? I think so. I saw um, in the chat a request for prayer about uh, a mom who needs prayer for her son who's Asian and in the, in the Navy. Navy. Yeah. So yeah, let's definitely let's definitely pray for him. Um, is there anything else? Like, was there anything else in the chat that? No, there was just there. There wasn't. Um, Let's talk about the border. Man, we're probably not going to go there today. Yeah, that's a good. Thank you for asking that. And man, I would love to understand a little better that topic before reading in on it. And um, well, there's a mess right there now. I'll tell you what, that is a problem I would love to to solve. Like like those kinds of like really hard, intense. Like man, everything about this is complicated. I love jumping in on stuff like that. And I did a video. I don't know if it was this last week or the week before on, on drone strikes. Mm -hmm. Um, And in part, I did that because I want people to know I'm willing to be critical of, of president Biden, as well as president Trump. I just haven't seen enough to be really critical of president Biden yet. Um, But I, I did talk about drone strikes and how I'm concerned that if war becomes, I already think Americans worship military power. Yeah. American mm-hmm. Christians work in, worship military power in what I believe is probably not the way the Bible would prescribe. Um, but if war becomes so antiseptic like a video game, it 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 makes me worried about what our hearts would allow really, us to do. Really, 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 really intense. Yeah. Um, if you can if you can kill people with no cost to yourself, and I just I think hum, humans. It's hard to trust ourselves in that, yeah. particularly with, I mean, if we're honest about America's history, we've we've fought wars in our own interests sometimes that were that were probably not, probably not, that were not God ordained. And so these are just some of the issues we're trying to bring forth to say, hey, can we consider changing the heart of American Christianity and American evangelicalism. Can we be open to it? That's really even the question. I mean, just having the conversation is so threatening and offensive. It's like, well, gosh, how in the world? It's kind of like, what's, what is the thing when they, um, when your grass has gotten like root bound and you have to like poke all the holes, like you have to aerate it. Aerate it. Yeah. Um, I feel like our, our Christian culture is aerated. It needs aerating. We've, we've got to just like get in there and kind of, um, be willing to untangle our roots and, um, and do it like it is scary, but also, um, if you trust God, you know, depending on the God you're worshiping, if you trust the bigness of God, if you trust that, um, God can handle the questions, the critique, the not understanding, et cetera. And you, and you're ultimately just aligning with God and saying, I don't understand this, but I want what you want more than what I want. Like, it's going to be okay. You know, you're not going to fall off a, you know, you know, a sin cliff and end up in, in, uh, you know, hellfire and brimstone. Like, it's okay. We can, we can trust God to lead us. And I saw someone commenting that they're struggling with deconstruction and reconstruction right now. And, you know, as I, I think that's probably just my word of encouragement is, you know, going through that a little bit myself and not knowing like, well, is it a, what's like, wait a second, what am I being asked to challenge or surrender or give up? And like, what I just keep coming back to is, um, is do I trust the God that I have, that I have known that I have had glimpses of in my life, sometimes more vividly than others, a lot of times kind of walking in blind faith, but also vividly experiencing the love of an authentic God, the unconditional love. Like, can I trust that? And, and can I just hold on to that and let other things fall away? That's good. Um, that's really what I think this is about. I don't, I don't pretend to know where the new cornerstones need to be laid down. I don't pretend to know what we are reconstructing. All I know is that, that, that I just turn my heart and my mindset and my face and imagine just like turning towards God and saying like, man, you're what I want. I don't understand this other stuff. You take me where I need to, to go. And I'm also trusting God for broader society. I'm trusting there's nothing I can do to, to make that happen for other people or um, have influence on the evangelical church. I can only mind my own heart yeah. and, um, and just ask God to also be like a wave that just kind of rolls through the other parts of the church, our nation, and even the world. I think that's the bigness of this moment. Like I'm clear, this is 
worldwide change for the better right now. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of people followed the page. I want to thank you guys for doing that. And thank you, Kristen, um, for moderating. She's having to mute a lot of angry Christians. And we trust me, we get a lot of anger from a lot of Christians because yeah. we are pushing against cornerstone things that have, uh, we're, we're pushing against idols and, and people have been worshiping a God they created for a long time. And so once you start pushing against that idol of a God and asking people to consider that their beliefs may be a little bit off, they get very angry about it. And it's, I think it's what's happening with my TikTok page. I think we have I've been I attacked by it. Christians, but so, thank you, Kristen, for being a moderator. Yeah. For us. That's like, you are, you are our human sneeze guard right now. <laughs> moderators are the ones that are just getting they're like so apologies for that disgusting analogy but thank you for um thank you for for doing that and (laughs) let me just say like you know as we have been focusing in on you know what do we want to be clear on and what is what is it that pastor paul you know what is this that he's communicating on social media on various platforms and we're we're aware that kind of paul's number one challenge and task is to confront the religious evangelical church, the religious political evangelical church. And it's bigger than just the American church. It's really worldwide, but, but confronting that now, why in the world would Paul want to confront that? Because in our view, it is one of the biggest, if not the biggest um, deterrence to people experiencing the authentic love of God. So you have to challenge it. You have to confront it. I keep seeing Paul as like a, you know, a lineman, um, you know, and he's got, we got a body block and move that mindset. It's not people, it's the mindset, um, move, the, move that mindset out of the way so that there's a runway, um, for people to, to move forward and find the authentic love of God. Yeah. So that's why people are getting upset. Um, but the hate today makes me know that we're over the target. As yeah. I once heard a fighter pilot say, on CNN, how, you know, aren't you scared when you're flying, you know, and you're drawing fire? And his answer was, I, I know I'm over the target when I'm drawing fire. There you go. So the hate coming in and the people who need to be blocked today, um, we really release the favor and the love and the, just the presence of God over them. And we just see it as evidence that we're over the target. And if I can put it into some spiritual terms, um, and then we'll pray and go. I think, so what we see in Jesus was a judgment on the church. He was saying that temple, no stone will stand on top of another. And in the book of Jeremiah, we see another time where God's judgment was on God followers. And I think sometimes in God's process, there has to be, before the judgment can come to its completion and fruition, there has to be a declaration of sort of what is the guilt? Uh, what what are the sins over which God is judging? And I think some of that may be my purpose a little bit as well, to just speak out like, oh, God is judging you, and this is why. And when I say judging you, I don't mean individual people. I think he's judging in in this season, and from my perspective, yeah. the American evangelical the system, mindset, right? the it's system. The culture. Right. That is systemic. And so there has to be a proclamation of where that judgment is coming from. And Kristen had mentioned sometimes there has to be lament. So, yes, there is the opportunity for repentance in that. I feel like that's not going to happen in this generation, though. And so we see it in Jeremiah that Jeremiah is constantly saying, oh, no, God's judgment is upon us. And therefore, our system is going to come to an end. But his goodness is he's going to draw us to him in the process and to something new. And so I'm calling out the judgment and declaring the sin of the American evangelical church and saying, if God is pronouncing that judgment, that means there's something new on the other side of this that's going to be better than what we know. Do you think it's redundant to say the American evangelical political church? I'm just just trying to be very descriptive. No, no, I'm asking. I Because I think you shouldn't put that word in there just to underscore. But then I was like, actually, if you asked anybody outside of the American evangelical church, if the American evangelical church was political, it'd be like, yeah, you wouldn't have to put the word in there. But I feel like you kind of should underscore that part. 
So Kristen is having to mute a lot of people today. And, and we do want to tell everybody, like, we don't mute because we don't like legitimate discussion. But for our purposes in this, we want to keep the, the room safe. And so if anybody wants to ask a legitimate question, um, why do you believe this way? I believe differently. We love that discussion and we're all in. But when people start saying, you're promoting your father, the devil, then we've asked Kristen and other moderators, just mute those guys. Yeah. Don't block them, just mute them because we don't, we're, that's not what we're here to do, to yeah. argue over those things. We're here for those of you who are walking this process with us to walk it together. I love the person who says that you mute because you can't debate. <laughs> like, oh my God, you, you guys have- Oh idea. man, I could you debate no you idea. under a table Listen, so fast. Okay, you, it's like the gauntlet has been thrown down. Um, this is a guy who quite literally, I keep bringing this up, like did talk radio for 10 years every day for three hours a day, talk, debate, talk, debate, talk, debate, who pastored a church for 10 years every Sunday for, you know, an hour. Just like, talk, I mean, he loves this stuff. He yeah. loves this stuff. So yeah, anybody who wants to have a a good conversation and really, you know, have some intellectual honesty and go round after round after round. I think quite like, like that's what we're going to put on your yeah. tombstone someday. It's like <laughs> his recreation and love and passion is good, honest, intellectual debate. So, so somebody, somebody coming on and saying your father is the devil. That's, that's not a creating a space for debate. That's pharisaical condemnation. And we're just not going to do that. We're, yeah. we're not in that. So, yeah. and you guys are throwing in questions now. We really don't have time to go into a lot of these things. Um, I do a lot of videos. Um, <laughs> somebody says, "Are you biting your tongue, Pastor Paul?" No. This again. It's this is not that space. I'm not here to argue with people who want to call in. You'll come in and say, "Your father's the devil." Um, and it's funny that they're saying that because that's exactly what Jesus said to religious people, not, not sinners. He didn't say to sinners, your father's the devil. He said to religious guys, your father is the devil. So it's really kind of a come back to that. Yeah. What's that? I'm rubber. your glue. <laughs> 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 or like mirror, like. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. So anyway, thank you guys for moderating out there because we did see that it was becoming unsafe. Um, we were getting firebombed by a lot of angry Pharisees. We had the geese people come in that one day. That was fun. That I was think kind that, of that funny. That was just like people being silly. Yeah. But it was like all of a sudden goose poop. Like. So when we have time for questions and somebody wants to ask a legitimate question of, you know, uh, any disagreement, we're more than willing to answer the question. And I'm sorry, somebody was asking about transgender people there. That's, we just don't have time to go into that now. But I think God loves everybody pursuing yeah. life the best they can. And even honestly, yeah. the people who are, who are dropping firebombs right now and getting muted, we, we, affirm yeah, I hope God's they're still here listening. 100% total unconditional love for yeah. those people, man. Oh man. God, God loves them. And the love and grace that, co I mean, covers, covers them. We know that. And we, we, we believe that. Yeah, Lisa, I don't know how to fix your moderator powers. I, I think I unmoderated you and made you a moderator again. So I really don't don't know how to do this. Okay. Um, well, we got to wrap. Somebody says, I love your message. Please keep it up. Yeah, let's so let's let's pray. Let's pray a blessing. Let's pray. Okay. And and um, so yeah, for I think it was Eel numbers, 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 and her whose son is in the Navy. Okay. Uh, is of a Asian descent or American Asian descent. I'm not sure totally what the, the story is there, but she said he has been told that he has to support Donald Trump or else kind of a thing. And like, not anymore. I mean, he's not the commander in chief anymore. Oh, there are people who still believe that he is. I know, but like, I well, and, and people who are still supporting his cause and his mindset of the Donald Trump. Sorry, babe. Um, so we pray over this son. Yep. I'm going to close my eyes. Yeah. Okay. Like go a ahead. Good Christian. <laughs> well, I'm just you're, you're more spiritual than I am. That's right. It helps me pray because I can think better. Of yeah, it's true. Yep. Thank you, God, for this. Thank you for this man who chooses to serve his country. Um, God, we bless him right now, wherever he's stationed. 
uh, I just imagine God that you're surrounding him front, back, side to side. There are angels that are around him that are tending to him, that are meeting his needs. Yeah. God, I just pray that you would give him supernatural courage and joy in the middle of his tour of duty of his service. Protect him, yeah. protect him yeah. physically. Yeah. yeah. And God, we just, we speak against a spirit of racism yeah. in our country, in our military, in our institutions that is now seemingly yeah. focused on uh, people of Asian descent or who appear Asian. And we just denounce it as evil. Mm. And we say, come out of that, everybody. Come out of that, yeah. making anybody, even in our praise of like, oh, aren't they the best immigrants of all? We are dehumanizing people. Yeah. And we just come against any dehumanization of any race in our, our religious institutions and in our culture as a whole. I feel like this, um, that, that God is going to use the, the, just the pressure points of this week's shooting for this young man that like, there's going to be some authentic relationship and conversation and affirmation that comes about in within his, I don't know what a Navy a troop, I don't know, like within his unit crew, maybe. crew that there's going to be some honest, like people of different races, like Hispanic, Caucasian, like kind of, there's a moment of honesty and authentic relationship that can and will happen for this young man because, because of what's going on. And I just believe God, you will take these circumstances and you will use them to bless and to benefit and to lift up this man and those around him. Um, and that they'll just get a glimpse of who you are, God, and how you see them. So I feel like there's something good that's actually going to kind of mm. happen in the middle of this kind of stressful and scary time for him. Yeah. We bless your son's purpose yeah. on this earth. Yeah. Even as it's been carried out in the Navy. Yeah. And God, for anybody that has felt trauma or trigger from the comments of Christians coming on the page, I just pray healing for that right now. Mm. Um, and I just, I just tell you the revelation of this heart of American Christianity has to happen in the season. And so it's painful and messy for us all. And I'm really sorry that landed on you today. But thank you, God, that this heart is being revealed so that it can be judged and cleansed and, and just get out of here. So yeah, we pray God, blessing we, over you. We now. do. We pray for those folks who, who, um, who are coming in wanting to, wanting to um, create some pain. God, we, we just lift them up. Mm. We ask God that they would experience your love today. Um. Yeah, we just, we trust and believe in who you have made those people to be. And we thank you, God, that there, there is just something so powerful in who you, who you've made them to be as individuals, that yeah. you love them. You see them for who they are and who you made them to be. So we thank you for that. Um, yeah. And we just pray that they would be affirmed today. They would be affirmed in who they are. In and, you. and that scales would fall from their eyes and from their hearts to see just bless them the pain that they're carrying yeah and the pain that they're inflicting on others yep 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 yep, yeah. yep. and we them. just speak to our our culture and and we go where you're going god where the spirit of heaven is going and we we leave behind this other stuff we go so, to the new of the day i'm just seeing this like the stick of butter in my mind and i just I feel like God just wants his love to coat mm -hmm. all of us, the people who have joined today, the families, the networks we represent, that God just wants um, his love to coat us like a stick of butter being melted and covering, you know, something you're cooking. And so um, I just release that and just pray that where you go today, that you that relational friction would be eased, that the presence of God through the Holy Spirit would just be all around you. Um, and that you would be able to really commune with God today. Yeah. And that could happen by yourself. That could happen in relationship with other people. It could happen in any number of ways. But I just release that over folks today. That's Let good. them know your love, God, and coat them 
like melted butter. I pray in Jesus' name. Yeah. One of my taglines of all of this is God is not mad at you. And so all of you watching this today, God is not mad at you. And when we realize that the creator, that that the spirit over all of this isn't coming at us angry and telling us to change, but is rather coming with affirmation of who we are at our core, we'll change out of that process, we'll be changed for the better. But I tell you this, God is not mad at you. And, and if there's a voice inside that's saying he is because you did this, that, or the other thing, or you are this, that, or the other thing, I just say you that's are not. That's not God. Yep. Let's say it together. That's not, not God. God. That's not the voice of God. That's the voice of something else that has told you yeah. an untruth about and yourself. And I, like, I'm sorry for the pain that yeah. whether it was a parent or a sibling or a teacher or a cir- like a life circumstance that communicated that you were not good enough for God's love. And now you're torturing yourself and people around you. I am so sorry for that pain. Yeah. In the creation story of the Bible, it's like God looked at that thing created and said, it is good. And I would say that he's saying to you today, it is good. So yes, I am on YouTube. I have a Pastor Paul channel there that has a whole bunch of cool stuff. I'm old Pastor Paul on TikTok. And um, uh, we have a spiritual gathering tomorrow morning at 10am Pacific time. That is on Zoom, or you can watch it streamed live on TikTok. If you go to pastor-paul.com, that's my podcast site. It has all the info on the contact events page or events contact page and a whole bunch of other good stuff there. So check it out. All right. That's a wrap, you guys. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. And we will see you next week for the week. Bye-bye.